So I see four losses on the schedule for the Jets this year. And I'm not being I'm not being a schmuck here. I think the Jets are a team on the come, Joe. What are your thoughts? Look, I think it's been an encouraging offseason in a lot of different ways. I think it was an exciting draft class where they finally did something they haven't done in a long time, which is address offense in round one uh, and then double back and do it again in round two. So to add more offensive talent around Sam Darnold in that way was an encouraging thing to thing to see. I think there's still some questionable spots on this roster. I think there's a lot of questions about the coaching staff, but if Darnold can take a big leap forward in year three, the ceiling for the team gets that much higher. Yeah, and I think he can. Hey, welcome to NFL Reckless Speculation. It's your uh, well, weekly, I guess, uh, dive into the world of the NFL with uh, some reckless speculation built in. And it's your good friend, it's your pal, it's your compadre, it's TC, everybody. How you doing? Joining me on the big show today is, you know, and I never, Joe, I forgot to ask you before the show started how to say your last name because the last thing I want to do is butcher it. So can you say it for me once and I'm sure I'll butcher it later on? Sure, it is uh, Caparoso. Caparoso, very nice, Caparoso. Joe Caparoso from turnonthejets.com. You can find Joe on Twitter at jcaparoso. That's J-C-A-P-O-R-O-S-O. Boom, very nice. So here's here's the teams that I see the, the Jets losing to in 2020. The Patriots, the Seahawks, one of the Los Angeles teams, that's killer, man. The Jets got to go cross-country twice. That is insane. And then Kansas City. Everything else, I think, is a winnable game. Am I wrong? No, I mean, look, it's it's always hard to say on this point, on paper, how things are going to shake out. People are going to get hurt. Teams are going to underachieve. Teams are going to overachieve. I think, you know, on paper, uh, things have not been that friendly for the Jets with this schedule. I think I read somewhere that they are a projected underdog in 14 or 15 of their 16 games, at least from a point spread perspective. And that's what happens when you miss the playoffs nine years in a row. And uh, I think there's probably some higher expectations for Buffalo within the AFC East and them since Buffalo made the playoffs last year, goes out and acquires Stephon Diggs. New England, we know they lost Tom Brady. They lost some other pieces. They still have Bill Belichick. So until they start losing more games than they win, I think they're going to kind of be a prohibitive favorite. So for the Jets, I think it's going to come down to can they play better in their division? They haven't had a winner in their division since 2010. Uh, and that was actually the last time they made the playoffs. So if they could get back to winning four or five games in their division, then I think they will be positioning themselves to get back over 500 for the first time since 2015. The Bills game uh, in week one, I think that's a key game for the Jets, in my humble opinion, if it's going to be a good season. I think the Bills had that pop-up season last year. Do you think the Bills are for real, first and foremost? I wouldn't be surprised if there was some regression there. I think in many ways they could be like the Bears from the past few years where they had that one year where they break through, they make the playoffs, they actually ended up getting knocked out in the first round, similar to how Buffalo did, and then took a step back last year. I think they ultimately ended up finishing 7-9 and or 8-8, eight and eight, but missed the playoffs. So it all it's going to come down to similar to Mitch Trubisky. It's going to come down to Josh Allen. Can he be more consistent with his accuracy? Can they find a way to limit some of his weaknesses with the offensive system that they have and can their defense stay among the best in the NFL and those are all hard things to sustain a couple years in a row they're not going to surprise anybody this year 
uh, after last year. So them regressing in game or two or maybe even three, I don't think is out of the question. But Buffalo still a challenging place to play, although, of course, we still need to see what the situation is going to be with fans. But uh, a good opportunity for the Jets in week one to beat a team that a lot of people, I bet, are going to pick to be the surprise winner of the ACs this year with New England no longer having Brady at quarterback. Right, right. Uh, and I'm going to talk about Belichick uh, here in just a bit because uh, I've, I've got a theory on Belichick and Brady, but uh, I'm sure many people have this theory. You've probably heard it before, but I, I always like to uh, uh, wax philosophical when it comes to that. But getting back to the schedule for a second, so the Jets have both Super Bowl teams on the schedule. And to me, I know everybody's going to be like, yeah, you know, there's, there's going to be hard games. There are probably losses. But to me... Unless you're the New England Patriots, teams don't go back to the Super Bowl after they've been to the Super Bowl. I mean, the the, the Chiefs, the odds of them repeating are probably slim to none. If you lose the Super Bowl, odds are, well, not the odds are, the average team probably doesn't make it back for six or seven years. Just ask the 49ers. They were there, what, when the Colin Kaepernick and when the lights went out in Louisiana. And it took them a long time to make it back once they lost the Super Bowl. And, and you look at all the other teams, except the Patriots that have lost the Super Bowl, it, they just don't make it back there. So I think both those teams are going to have down seasons. And I think it's a good thing that the Jets potentially can maybe gain some confidence by winning some games off of the two Super Bowl teams this year. They're going to be good opportunities for, for measuring sticks for the team and getting to go against Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo. They get the Niners as their home opener in week two. And um, how they stack up against teams with that much talent on their roster uh, is going to be a good challenge for this coaching staff, which there's still a lot of question marks around at this point. So, you know, getting the Niners at home, definitely better than having to fly all the way out to San Francisco. Playing in Kansas City is going to be a challenge uh, no matter what. Uh, but we're going to see how they compete against at least who were the two best teams in the league last year, along with their normal, you know, two games against New England. And then, as you mentioned, they're going to have, a, you know, a pair of trips out to L.A. Uh, to go with the Chargers and the Rams. Are you a cynical? I, I'm sensing that you're kind of cynical or you're very you're very even keel when it comes to the jets you're not uh you're not you're not a fanboy by any means i get that from talking to you here initially but are are you optimistic about the jets or are you have you been disappointed so much in the past because i'm a well ever since the uh ever since the minneapolis miracle and then the philadelphia shit show the next week i i've kind of given up on my vikings after 40 years of nothing uh, where do you stand on the Jets? Look, I, I try to be as pragmatic as I can with the team. The reality of the situation is that they've missed the playoffs for nine years in a row, so it's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's the third longest drought in the NFL besides the Browns and the Bucks. And, you know, the, you look at these last four years, you know, they, they've been pretty rough. Now, last year they go seven and nine. They finished the season fairly strong, I think, Part of that was due to Sam Darnold playing very well in certain games. I do also think part of that was a function of their schedule. They got to play Buffalo's backups in Week 17. They beat, you know, Duck Hodges, uh, who was starting for Pittsburgh at that point. I am optimistic about Sam Darnold. I'm optimistic about the potential of Joe Douglas long-term as their general manager to build this roster. 
I am not sold that Adam Gase is a quality NFL head coach who is going to do enough to get this team anywhere above seven and nine, particularly with a harder schedule than they had last year. So if you ask me today what my expectations were for this team win-wise, I would say all things considered, it's probably somewhere between six to eight wins. Last year they won seven, Gase has won seven uh, two or three times. He's been a head coach. That kind of feels like the right number for them, which I'm pretty sure what their, what their Vegas number is at too. Now, do I think it's out of the question for them to – jump up and win 10 games if Darnold takes a big step forward? No. If you have the best quarterback on the field most weeks, you can win a lot more games than you lose. But can Darnold overcome what I would say is an unproven and shaky offensive coaching staff with Gase and Dowell Loggins and the the rest of that staff he brought from Miami uh, to get the Jets in position to end this playoff drought and have an offense that is really competitive, not an offense that is in the bottom three of most categories like they were last year. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm also a Timberwolves fan, and that's just been nothing but misery as well. So i i feel I feel the pain. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. All right. In just a second, I want to ask you uh, a little bit about the improved offensive line that's going to be in front of Sam Darnold this year, and then also uh, the rookie class. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey, if you're digging on the show, make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, also Stitcher, very nice, and uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Alexa, because she's listening right now. You can uh, listen uh, via Alexa. If you say, uh, hey, play uh, blah, blah, blah on blah, 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 and that would be uh, NFL Reckless Speculation on Spotify. Talking to uh, Joe... And, and 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 see now I've 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 blown it, Joe. I I I gotta admit it, man. I uh at Caparoso. Nailed it right there. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, very nice. Joe Caparoso. I love it. And it flows off the tongue so beautifully. From Turn on the Jets, you can uh, follow Joe on the Twitter. It's uh at J Caparoso. That's J C A P O R O S O. Very nice. All right, so the offensive line. Jets made some moves this offseason, improved the offensive line, including the number one pick, Mackay Becton. What do you think? Is it is it going to make a difference? Because I like Sammy Darnold. He had a good year last year. I was very excited to see them go offensive line in the first round. It's the first time they've done that since 2006, and it was past overdue for them to address offensive line. And Mackay Becton is a player who should really be their franchise left tackle for hopefully a decade plus in the same way DeBrickashaw Ferguson was all those years ago. He's a massive human being, had a very impressive tape in college, obviously wowed everyone at the scouting combine. I think the Jets were really happy that he was on the board and to be able to get him at 11. It's good to see this regime taking offensive line seriously and taking protecting Sam Darnold seriously. And the best way to start that was by adding a new young left tackle. 
Very nice. I like the pick of Denzel Mims in the second round. Uh, now, I'm very critical of first round, first round, uh, and I'm and I'm very critical of Wabbits when I'm hunting them as well. But uh, I'm very critical of first round wide receiver picks. So for the Jets, I think this is a good thing that he dropped into the second round. Though I don't know if there was, I think there was a little talk that he could have been a first round pick because. First round, I can't say it. I can't talk today. First round, this is great. Uh, Elma Fudd is in the house. Um, first round wide receivers tend to bust a lot. And now this is like, everybody's like, oh, this is the greatest wide receiver class in so long. All that means to me is that there's going to be, half these guys are going to bust for sure that were picked in the first round. What are your thoughts on Denzel Mims and the uh, whole entire wide receiver class of 2020? I mean, I thought he was good value where the Jets got him. I didn't think Mims was going to be there at 59. The Jets were originally at 48, ended up trading back 11 picks and still were able to grab him. And I thought he was a guy who would probably go in the top 40, just his size and speed combination and also how consistently productive he was uh, at the college level. And again, happy to see the Jets go back to back on offense. Happy to see them go back to back with helping Sam Darnold. They definitely needed an infusion of talent at the wide receiver position. They still candidly do. They could use more uh, at that spot. But Mims is someone who's going to have the opportunity to really start in the Jets' three wide sets as a rookie and should get a lot of opportunities uh, as a first year, you know, second round pick and hopefully long term develop into a guy who you know reminds me a little bit of a Kenny Kenny Galladay type player from the Detroit Lions if he reaches his potential Uh, he has that type of size and speed combination and should be an immediate factor in the red zone at a minimum Uh, Chris Herndon am I saying that right Uh, the tight end is uh, I'm I'm hearing people saying good things about him how he could be kind of a I guess a Greg Kittle. Is it Greg Kittle? I always get confused with Greg Kittle and Ron Kittle. I think it's Ron Kittle's kid. You remember Ron Kittle, White Sox player from the 80s? No? Yeah, well, this one's Greg, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know it's Greg, but yeah, I, was, I think it's Ron Kittle's kid. So, but yeah, it's not. So, uh, Chris Herndon is not uh, anybody's kid, probably. Uh, well, somebody's kid, maybe. Uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, what what are your thoughts on Chris and and him turning it uh, turning on the Jets this year? Hey, do you like what I did there? Very impressive. I know you're impressed by me so far with my with my Elmer Fudd talk and my uh, Caparoso. Look, I think Herndon was really intriguing down the stretch in 2018. He looked really comfortable with Arnold. Did a good job uh, extending some plays with him and seemed in sync and. Everyone was looking forward to a year or two breakout from him, and then he dealt with some injuries. He dealt with a suspension situation. If he can be healthy and play 16 games, uh, he's the type of tight end who could, you know, potentially lead the entire team in targets and receiving yards. He's that athletic and look that comfortable with Darnold to end the 2018 season. So he could really be an X factor for their offense and help mitigate some of the problems with their wide receiver depth chart. Any of the uh, rookies that were taken later in the draft uh, tickle your fancy? I'm excited that they were able to get Bryce Hall, uh, the cornerback, uh, in the fifth round. He fell because of injury concerns. But if the Jets don't have to rush him back, he is someone that, despite being a fifth rounder, uh, could be a long-term starter here uh, if he recovers properly from the injury. I thought that was a surprise. He fell all the way to the fifth round, and 
uh, was a needed addition at an area of weakness for the Jets. Yeah, definitely a good pickup. I like I like that as well. All right, in just a second, I, I got to ask you about the evil empire. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey, if you uh, want more of the NFL Reckless Speculation podcast, you can uh, find it at sportsnot.com. That's sports as in sports and not as in juggernaut, N-A-U-T. And you can find all about the Jets at turnonthejets.com. Their mission is to civilize New York Jets coverage. How you doing on that, Joe? Are you are you are you making some uh, you making some progress on civilizing it? The work continues. It's an ongoing process. <laughs> all right, I'm trying to get Joe to engage a little more. You're just all business, man, and I appreciate you're all business, man. I, I guess you mentioned In Sync. Did you did you have a favorite member of In Sync back in the day? By the way. I can't say I had one uh, that jumped off the top of the page to me. I mean, look, I don't know how you can argue against Timberlake. Well, yeah, there you go. Exactly. And I know you didn't mention NSYNC, but you were talking about, uh, obviously, Sammy and Chris being in sync when uh, they're uh, hooking up on the 18-yard touchdown to give the Jets a 35-6 to lead over the Bills in Week 1. Would be a beautiful thing to see this <laughs> offense actually get over thirty points in a game. I'm, I'm rooting for it. If, if Herndon's healthy, I'm that much more optimistic. So, where do you stand on Belichick without Brady? Brady without Belichick? I'm still pretty surprised that it happened. I, I, you know, I would have bet that they would have found a way to have Brady finish his career in New England, but. I am not going to bet against Belichick and the Patriots until I see them be bad. I've seen him win 11 games with Matt Castle. They won 12 games last year, and Brady was not anywhere near his normal self last year, and that really finally reared its ugly head towards the end of the season. It's just hard for me to say, yeah, New England's now all of a sudden going to be a 6-10 and 10 team. And I know Jared Stidham has a ton of question marks around him. It does seem like he's going to be the quarterback. It's still a very good defense. It's still Bill Belichick. Uh I don't think they're as scary or as dangerous as they've been in the past, but until I see New England go seven and nine or six and 10, I can't pick them to do that with Brady. This is probably the most offensive talent he's played with since that the 16 and 0 year. I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Gronk coming back. Uh, that team is loaded, at least offensively. And Bruce Arians is a, a smart offensive mind. I don't know if Brady is going to be statistically ever a top three to four quarterback in the league again, but I think he can be much better than he was last year. And I think Tampa should be in the mix at least for a wild card spot next year. I think New Orleans still has to be the favorite in that division. But after that, I I like Tampa's chances more than I like Atlanta or Carolina at this point. So uh, I think Brady could probably give two years to Tampa. And then I think he'll probably hang it up with Belichick curious to see what they have in mind with Stidham but I think it's going to be a team that leads on its running game and defense more than anything I'm of the opinion that there's you know some brilliant minds out there in the world that tend to change the world I guess and in this case I think Belichick is that type of guy so you look at like um uh, just 
some basic examples, Steve Jobs or Marty Scorsese. You know, Marty Scorsese can work with Robert De Niro, and then Robert De Niro goes off, has a career, and really isn't that great until he comes back and works with, you know, De Niro's a good actor, I get it. But he's great when he's with Marty Scorsese. and But Marty Scorsese is great all the time for all intents and purposes. And I look at Belichick like that as well. And, and we're going to find out because it's, 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 it's definitely, it's arrived with Brady gone now, but I'm of the opinion that Belichick is still going to be probably ruling that AFC East roost, at least uh, when the season ends, but I'm hopeful that we see some new blood as well. So I, I kind of love the evil empire that Belichick and Brady brought to football but you also love to see it go down and see the two the two gentlemen separate. And I guess we'll see if uh, Belichick is indeed uh, the emperor or if he is just uh, one of the stormtroopers and Brady was the uh, emperor in this case. And I'm sorry for the Star Wars references. Uh, at least they're not Star Trek references. But maybe it's not so bad either. But anyways, I don't know if there's a question there. It's more of a comment, uh, so I'll let you jump in if you have any more on the subject. I, it's going to be very – I think Belichick's going to coach for another five or six years. I, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to show he could win without Brady. I don't know if Stidham's the quarterback that's going to win them another Super Bowl. I'm curious to see how they address quarterback long term. But defensively, I think New England's going to be good next year. There's no reason to think they won't be. And they're still better than Miami. And until proven otherwise, they're still better than the Jets or the Bills. So if they could win five games in their division, that's, you know, halfway towards getting them probably back to the playoffs again. But it'll be one of the more interesting subplots to watch this year. I mean, Brady at whatever he is, 42, 43, can he take advantage of having probably the best starting receiver duo in the NFL? Still pretty surprised that Kronk decided to come back after everything. Yeah, Not sure how much he has left in the tank, but that will also be interesting to watch. We're talking to Joe Caparoso. You can follow Joe on the Twitter at jcaparoso, and the website is turnonthejets.com. So when everything shakes out, a little reckless speculation. How many wins are the Jets going to have at the end of the year, and who's going to win that division in the AFC East this year? Or, or, or rank the division. Is, is Miami going to be at the bottom? Are the Jets going to be second? Are the Jets going to be first? Bill's going to win. Who's going to win? You ask me right now, and this is, you know, I'm going with what I've seen traditionally. I'd say New England wins the division at 10 and 6. I say Buffalo takes a small step back and goes 8 and 8. And the Jets and Dolphins, the Jets go 7 and 9. The Dolphins go 6 and 10. So all sort of tightly packed together, but New England's still up at the top. Uh, the Jets basically treading water at 7 wins. New England, um, Still, uh, Miami's getting an additional win compared to what they had last year, and Buffalo taking a small step back. I think New England's the only team who makes the playoffs out of the division. I think the Jets. My my fear my my fearless prediction, reckless speculation are is uh, that uh, the Patriots will win the division um, at eleven and five or so, and the Jets will make the playoffs at like a ten and six or a nine and seven. And I think, I don't know what Miami's going to do. I mean, they, they tanked for Tua. They tanked for Tua and ended up getting him, but they weren't that successful in tanking for Tua because they were supposed to have the number one pick. So Miami's just kind of a wild card. Uh, and then, 
and then the Bills. I think the Bills are going to be an under 500 team this year. I think they're going to take a step back, in my humble opinion. You, you mentioned Adam Gase early on. Last question is, if the Jets... Are, are, is some of the fan base rooting for the Jets to maybe have a down year again so they can get rid of Adam Gase and get a better coach in? I think a lot of a large portion of the fan base not a large portion of the fan base does not have much faith in Adam Gase. I don't think anyone's rooting for the team to lose ever. I think we're all sick of them of losing. Course, and of course. As someone who's Gase skeptical, I'd much rather see him go ten and six and make the playoffs and Darnold be great and Gase be the answer long term. I do think it's more practical. And if the team does go eight and eight or seven and nine, I hope they move on and go a different direction. I think if the Jets go seven and nine again, that's five years of Adam Gase being a head coach in the AFC East, and he's missed the playoffs for four of the last five years. So I think at that point it'd be time to move on. But look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope people who are skeptical of him are wrong, and they do break this playoff trap because it's been it's been a long time, and it, it, you know I think all of us are raring to see some playoff football. All right, um, I'm thinking. Do you, do you have any good uh, Looney Tunes uh, impressions that you could do for me since I was doing some Elmer Fudd for you? I, Bugs I, Bunny I or anybody? Say, I mean, a Looney Tune impression. It's been – I've never, never gotten that question before. I don't think I can go in my bag. I mean, the way you nailed the Elmer Fudd one, it was in the first round that they took uh, – uh, Mackay Becton. So yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, Adam Gase, uh, and and maybe he's a Marvin Lewis type. Uh, are you a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? I'm a Yankees fan. I'm the rare Jets Yankees hybrid. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that is rare. So uh, we had a and and my my Minnesota Twins had a manager named Ron Gardenhire who would get uh, his ass kicked up and down. Though it still continues, unfortunately, to this day. And finally, after losing to the Yankees, I don't know, was it like eight years ago or something? It seems like it was, and I'm just like, they need to fire this guy, though he wins manager of the year at the same time, because he just, he couldn't, the guy could not win a playoff game, just pretty much like Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. And we were stuck with him for like three more years. So hopefully, as a Jets fan, you're not stuck with Adam Gase because he makes the playoffs or he goes nine and seven and it's just this perpetual mediocrity over the next three years. So there you go. That's that's all I got. Cool. Fingers crossed that he can break through. I hope I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. So all right. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate the time. Uh let's jump out of here. It's uh TC everybody. The podcast is NFL Reckless Speculation, and I'll see you in the emergency room. Smartphones have made it easier than ever to capture the moments that matter most in our lives. But all too often, those memories end up stuck on our devices or in the cloud. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA in our solar-powered facility, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. They also make thoughtful gifts. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 in your cart to get 15% off your order. Focus on moments that matter with Fracture Glass Prints.